Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Oh, now they need to see my birth certificate. Hmm. Honey, where do we keep the birth certificates? Why? Buying socks. Socks. I'll check upstairs. It's easy to be unsafe online. You're the best. Now it's easy to help protect yourself. Norton 360 with LifeLock gives you device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection. All in one. Opt in to cyber safety. Save 25% or more off your first year at norton.com slash news. highways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe and welcome to another episode of trend chat i am your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us we're on facebook instagram Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, it's all the same at TrendChat247. So, wanted to come on right quick to say a couple of words before we get into our episode because the bulk of this episode was recorded last week and there was before of hearing the news of of uh, the shooting and killing of Rashard Brooks. And I will say this, it's not much I'm going to say because I have way too much um, already ahead for this episode. But this, the situation with this incident is not nearly as um, unified as far as the outcome and what what all happened there. So, But that being said, what we talked about in this conversation that you're going to hear, which was recorded last week, I will say is very timely and also, yeah. So I, I just wanted to put that out there it's, as far as when you're listening to this and, um, and just know that we're mainly talking about what has been going on the past couple of weeks, uh, centered around the Delta George Floyd and the response to all of that and, um, how to interact and with law enforcement and also kind of get an understanding as far as where where they're coming from as far as the as far as law enforcement so without further ado 
we're just gonna we're just gonna play this conversation out and that'll be it so here we go so this episode is gonna be a bit different than most because uh, to be honest it's actually what trend chat was originally supposed to be um where it was going to be a conversation between two hosts because the original plan for trend chat was to have two people talking uh not just me but um, circumstances happen and it just it, so all you know <laughs> if you've been listening is just me talking but in this case it's actually something what i was always thinking of um of having for this podcast and this is going to be a conversation since the last episode and talking about all the protests and the riots and everything um revolving around the death of george floyd i know i mentioned in the last episode i wouldn't be talking too much more about it but i knew i was going to talk about it one more time at least to some extent um because i knew i was going to have this conversation with my friend mia and so mia is a former police officer and we've already had conversations um about this and everything and i've been thinking about having her on you know sooner or later anyway and i just thought this was the perfect time to have this conversation so here we are and so basically this is the whole episode i'm just letting y'all know now this is the whole episode it's just going to be a conversation between me and my friend mia so just want to introduce my friend mia now it's not much of an introduction because, like I said, this is just a conversation. So, how you doing, me? Right. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. So we're alive. Uh, we're breathing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as I mentioned in the last episode, I mean, 2020 is really, you know, doing a number <laughs> on everybody for a number it of is. reasons. It is. It seems like every week is something new. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I guess for people that are listening, I mean, as much as this is, as much as I want this to be like a regular phone conversation, I think we do need to give the people listening some introduction as far as you and, you know, being a you know former police officer and whatever else you want to divulge. So um, my history in law enforcement was very vast. Uh, total of seven years, seven very long years. I am no longer certified as a peace officer. However, um, there are numerous individuals that have become my family, both in and out of uniform. So um, they're all the same personality-wise, but they all come from different walks of life, and they all do different things in the department, which I was a part of for seven years and out of. So uh, my history comes from the medical field. I was a respiratory therapist prior um, and insurance as well. So I'm not just typically your run-of-the-mill age of 21 becomes a cop and just goes from there. So my family is all military, and every police department you will see runs their department paramilitary, which just means that it's based on military but not all of the ideals and policies and procedures are exactly like the military. It's just one, uh, a mirror image as they would in the military. I have then since written a book about my memoirs in the department I was in, and I try to help 
people understand as much as possible, including my kid, how to conduct themselves so that these kinds of incidents can never happen again. But the reason why they continue to happen is because you have human beings. You can't have robots be police officers. It's one of those type of fields that it will never work. And you can't defund or get rid of all police officers in America because, once again, our America would never work. (laughs) So I try to explain as much as possible from a human point of view how things end up being the way they are, but it doesn't it doesn't start with police officers. It starts with legislature and it starts with the policing of the police. So you are much more political than I am. <laughs> so <laughs> I would say that you would understand more than most and much more than me, the political arena and how it does start uh, with those who can create the laws that embody policing the police more than anybody else. So, well, I, I would just so I think in, so in the last episode, I just think we as a people haven't really understood our role, I guess, when it comes to law <laughs> as far as laws in general. Um, yes, I mean because. Like I mentioned in the last episode, you have, like yourself, you were law enforcement. So you right. have law enforcement. Those, you know, those are the people that are, as the name says, enforce the law. And right. also, then you have the law interpreters, which are the judges. Those right. are the people that are supposed to interpret the law. And, you know, whatever the law is, they interpret it, and then they lay down the, you know, the judges. And then you have lawmakers. Correct. That's where we, the people. That's where you come in. (laughs) That's where we, the people, come in to elect those people to represent us to make the laws. Therefore, the laws that are going to be interpreted by the judges and that are going to be enforced by law enforcement. Correct. So, so that's simply, that's how it's supposed to be working. Now, you have all institute, all the institutions are kind of not really knowing their role. Well, I, well, I'm not even gonna say that. They know their role. They're just going outside their role. <laughs> that um, where you have the the judges making laws, and then you have you know you have some law enforcement doing that too, and back and forth, and people who supposed to be represented. I mean, it just it's all out of whack. And, it is. Um, and it it's is. mainly because um, of ignorance, really. It is, and it it was never intended to be this way. It was never intended for um you know, individuals to have enough power to cause so much of a change, and it was never intended for, now I'm I'm thinking federally-wise, it was never intended for the federal government to police local individuals. It was never intended for our tax system to enforce the taxes the way they are, the way people cannot um, afford a house and have to spend their entire life to do so. Um, it was never intended for the justice system to be privy to individuals that are very, very rich and stick it to individuals that just so happen to work the whole life making an honest wage, but because they are not wealthy enough to afford attorney that costs $1,000 an hour or what have you, 
not have the same exact justice system rights and the same exact justice system equality as someone else who does, who can afford that. Um, I mean, I, it, I mean, I will say, unfortunately, in some of those cases, some of the people actually voting for those regulations and all those taxes that eventually, you know, priced them out of getting that house or or being able to move uh, move to a better neighborhood or something like that because they want to vote for whatever these taxes to whether the quote unquote tax the rich or or the tax whoever and then it comes back on them and they're paying higher taxes and it's not even just taxes it's just the regulations and everything else i mean there's a whole whole lot of um um barriers that come up as far as that comes up and unfortunately i think a lot of people actually vote for them and don't even right, really well, unfortunately, realize unfortunately when people go to vote Half the time, they do not know what they're voting for. Yes, we know the person, yeah. and we know this person, we know that person. But very easily, someone can sneak in a, you know, vote for signature one or whatever. They have no idea because this information isn't readily available. I think when we're going to the polls and when we're going somewhere, there should be an informational handout explaining what we're going to be voting for and exactly what it is. Because half the time, we don't even know. And so we're just guessing, other than, you know, Republican or Democrat, we're just guessing on the other stuff. What is this for? What? It, how is this going to impact me? And so what I used to do, and God rest her soul, my grandmother was a Democrat through and through. I'm independent, and you're, uh, you're Republican, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I used to do when I went to the polls, if it wasn't for a president or a vice president, and there was something else, then I would call my grandmother and I would ask her, Grandma, like, what is this? And she's like, vote for this, vote for that. Don't vote for that. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> and she would explain it to me because she was explaining it to me because she read up on everything. But if you don't read up on it and you don't study the information, you really don't know what you're voting for. And that's why I wish that they would hand out informational, um, just like a sheet about a brief objective, a brief overview of each elective, each, each item, and exactly well, what it's voting for. So, so I, and so you're saying you want this sort of informational sheet to come, like, from, um, like, from the county, then, like, I guess, like, the election administration or something like that? Yes. The reason I'm saying that, okay, 100%. I'll say because yeah, I about said because I know there's plenty of organizations that have these sort of informational sheets, but they're all, you know, it could be um, one sided one way or another. Right. Um, something but bipartisan. Yeah, you talking about like, would, yeah. Bipartisan. Yeah. Something yeah, bipartisan that were there. And basically, it's just giving you the facts. It's not, yeah. it's got to be written by somebody, neither Democrat nor Republican heavy. In other words, they're not so political minded that they're so heavy in one party that they sway the information to have people believe something that suits them in their particular party, something bipartisan so that it can be handed out because I don't do that anymore. My grandmother passed away. I don't have, you know, the same information and I don't know half the time what I'm voting for on a side note. That is a huge factor into a lot of everything is legislature is laws is, you know, election and things like that. Half the time we don't know who we're voting for. We know that they're running. We see their, 
uh, not their billboards, but their their banners. We see their stuff on Facebook, but we don't really know how that's going to impact us. And we need more information out there um, from a bipartisan party that is going to be able to try to give as much, you know, non-biased <laughs> information, basically, to either party and just strictly the facts of what it is. Well, but this can also, it can also include the laws that, you know, and embody police departments. You know, not even judges. This judge is Republican. This judge is Democrat. This judge believes heavy in this. This, I mean, just like a little paragraph about each thing. You know, this person is this. This, you know, mm-hmm. when they do those um, vote signature one in you know, yes or no, and you don't know what that is. You have no idea, you know, unless you literally do your homework and study the night before. You really don't know what it is. No, it, it takes a lot, um, especially um, especially like on a presidential year when you have this ballot that could be like three or four pages, and it right. could be upwards of like 30-some candidates on there right. uh, for all different sorts of positions. So, yeah, it can be very difficult to know everything about all of them um, right. Uh, right. that, that you vote for. Then on top of that, then you know, you may have where you have to vote on amendments, constitutional amendments and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. And pro- exactly. propositions and all. So, yeah, it's, um, um, it can be a lot, you know, um, to try to be informed on everything on the ballot. So, This is Trend Chat. Hello, Trend Chat listeners. If you like the Founding Project's Civics Education video series, Civics for All Ages, and our Educational Meme series, we think you will love our new website. Join us at thefoundingproject.com and be a part of the civics movement. The Founding Project is a 501c3 education nonprofit. Please join us today. What's going on, folks? This is Colin Noir, and you're listening to Trend Chat. Everything kind of falls down the ladder when it comes to police. So communication does not – communication is a universal solvent. But we can't use communication to solve when police officers are not allowed to talk to the media. In that instance yeah. of that video, I was talking about the head person of that department contacted that particular um, police officer directly and told him to immediately remove that video. And although he was not reprimanded or terminated, I believe the only reason why he was told to remove the video was because he had cussed in the video. I don't agree that if somebody is speaking to you in a normal, humane voice that, and I'm not going to cuss on your, on your podcast because or whatever, and I never used to cuss, by the way, before I got into law enforcement. But if somebody is speaking to you in a... You know. Cox can help make your home smarter and your life easier. Now you can use your Contour voice remote to connect to your home life cameras so you can view them right on your TV screen using simple voice commands. That makes it easy to keep tabs on what's happening around your home right from your couch. Need to keep an eye on the kids when they're playing outside? Just say, show me my backyard camera into your Cox voice remote and watch them while you're in the house. 
And if you're waiting for a delivery and want to make sure it's there on time, no problem. Just say, show me driveway camera to check on it with your Home Life HD cameras on the TV screen while you go about your day. When you live in a home powered by Cox Internet, you can stay connected to what matters and let Cox take care of the rest. To learn more about all the benefits of your connected home, visit cox.com slash thisishome today. Oh. Uh, normal tone in a normal way and they're speaking to you like a human being that's fine but for someone to get reprimanded for cursing and they're MF'd all day they're you know being thrown stuff at that's not that's not right that's not right either I saw so, uh, so if I guess also for people that may not know about um, this particular situation right so I mean, to not really give too many details, but um, so there was a video um, that was going around that was made by by um, by a police officer, correct? Correct. And, and then the, he was talking about the defunding and the removal mm-hmm. of police altogether is what yeah. the reference of the video was then. Um, here's what happened. There was also a reference to a police officer in a different area also um, in the same state, and they happened to arrest protesters for cursing, but they cursed in the video. There's a process that people, a due process, that people are justly to have, and many times it seems biased on both sides. So, sorry, that was my dog. (laughs) But um, many many times it seems, seems biased. But it's supposed to be, there are ways that it can be biased, and those should have policies and procedures passed from a higher level in place so that that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. But I hope that um, when those individuals are arrested and, well, they were already arrested, but when they go down, I hope that the judge throws out that case because obviously, and I, I I can't say for sure that that happened, but nine times out of ten, if the police officer is arresting someone for foul language or disorderly conduct and they're conducting themselves in the same manner with cussing and what have you, it's not matched, unless that they can prove that, you know, they can take a blood sample or whatever and prove that the person was, you know, having um, issues as a result of public intoxication or something like that. Or, you know, which I don't think was the case. They were sober, um, clearly. I mean, obviously, I wasn't there. I didn't see the beginning of the scene prior to the video starting. I just saw the video where uh, the police officer cussed in the video, and he supposedly arrested the individuals for um, profanity and disorderly conduct. Now, I don't know if they were on school grounds i don't know like there's all different kinds of factors that come into play but something like that should have been thrown out on another level now a lot of people don't realize is that police officers can't just arrest somebody and take them to jail so they have to get permission from the district attorney's office to accept the charges that they're um, putting forth to arrest them for prior to taking them to jail if a district attorney when they call the district attorney's office, says that they refuse those charges, the individual that is in custody must be let go. All this information needs to be public knowledge. Um, A police officer cannot speak to the media. 
if a police officer speaks in the media, they can be terminated. So when you want to present a police officer to come to a community meeting or get in communication with leaders in that community, things like that, it can't be on media. Because if that person is responding to anything on media and they're on media responding to things, they can be terminated or they can be asked to remove that from social media if it's um, on their platform or they're sharing that. They can be asked to remove it because it has no prior approval um, from the department and they're representing the department. So there's usually one PR person in each department that's allowed to talk, um, you know, to the news and other social media and other media outlets, whereas a regular police officer will not be allowed to do just on his own or her own whim. What you're talking about, um, as far as, so this will be in, I guess this will be kind of categorized as far as um, what I would call policing reform. So, and mm-hmm. uh, and what you're talking about is thing, is something that is uh, is one aspect that needs to be looked at as far as for change um, within within law enforcement. And right. you know, I, I want to ask you, and I guess you know, let everyone that's listening, what is? I, I guess I'm not gonna say like what what's the process, but a lot of people see all these stories that. Um, come out that involve law enforcement mainly and the ones we see are the negative ones really mm-hmm. that we of see course. I guess give people a, an idea as far as what all that kind of goes in to whether you know whether approaching the suspect and and how we see things how it, it how it went wrong and we just have like a snap judgment off of that one you know that two second you know incident well, I guess give people an idea as far as like it's really not as simple as people want to make it look and how it's you know presented in the media. Okay, so I would ask everybody to close their eyes. Okay, close their eyes and they imagine themselves walking into a building or into a structure that they've never been before. Okay, and you're walking in there and there's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 people, what have you. And you don't know in that building, in that structure, what's going to happen. You don't know if they're going to want to kill you. You don't know if they're going to speak to you like a human being. You don't know if they're going to attack you. You don't know what the situation is going to be. So although pretty much the only few minutes of your life as a police officer, is going to be concerned with looking down the barrel of a gun or dying yourself and things like that. It's the precautious nature of the uniform. It's the, you know, it's traffic stops. They're tremendously precarious. You have no idea who you're pulling over. If there's four or five, six people in the car, You have no idea how many um, weapons are in the car. You don't know what's going on. So you'll find when a police officer comes over to a vehicle, I teach my son, I'm biracial. Um, You know, you're a black male. So does race come into play? Absolutely it does. But you have to understand that the only way we're going to cure this kind of stuff is more training, more 
awareness, more communication, not less. So you pull someone over, you know, and there's five people in the car. You have no idea what's going to happen. Um, one of my very close friends did the same thing with an individual that was driving a car. He was the only one in the car. And in the blink of an eye, something can go wrong, and it did. He was shot in the neck, and he died on the scene. So, you know, it's just it happens every day, and you have to prepare yourself and protect yourself. But now, if you look at it as you're a police officer, if you look at it that you're in uniform, then you can sit there and understand that it's not fun because everybody hates you. Everybody, you know, um, and it's good. The cameras are good. The badge cams are good. They're good in one aspect. Um, here's another aspect. Uh, police officers can pull somebody over, and there's three kids in the back, and the mom has warrants. But the mom has nonviolent warrants. They, she has ticket warrants. If you didn't have a badge cam on, there might be a way that you could get around it without getting in trouble. So to be honest, you could talk to her and let her know about a payment plan, actually help her out, and actually get her to where she can pay those tickets and at least pay some of them down. Okay, so then you have an aspect of somebody in the community who you're helping, and she just paid those tickets, and it paid for the tickets that were in the community. So she just put money forth to the community that you're policing, and everything went well. She went home. Her kids went with her, everything like that. Now, let's take the same thing. Oh, so, with a, so you're saying, so you're saying um, by having the, the body cam, so if they have body cam, then, but they have to go, they have to. They have to go to jail. Procedure. They have to go to they jail. Have to, okay, gotcha. Have to go to jail. Because I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get written up if I do that. Yeah, gotcha. Right? So now that I have a body cam, you have to go to jail. You have warrants. I have to call someone in your family to come pick up the kids or CPS. Now we have to waste, you know, uh, city or county or uh, state monies to take you to jail. You're going to sit out the tickets, um, which means sitting out tickets basically means you're you're going to get processed. You'll be in there maybe a day or two, depending on the tickets, if they're just like speeding tickets and whatnot. And then you'll get let out. But who knows if you have family or CPS, you know, it, it, it becomes this thing that it shouldn't be. There should be some discretion, but then when there is discretion, there's um, an heir to come in for bias. If, you know, you're doing this and you're white and the individuals you're letting off are white, you know, and you're doing it for racial purposes, you can never account for that, you know. Well, I guess just, um, uh, I guess just like, you know, um, officer's discretion in a way. Um, correct, correct. When, when, it, come, when is, it comes to that. But with badge cam, there's no officer discretion. Yeah, that's all. Yes, that's what I'm about to say. So with there's, that, you can't. You have to go. You have to go strictly by law. Again, go back because you enforce the law. So, so, uh, 100%. but um, yeah. And so I mean, it's yeah. good. It's good for the individuals that might be doing something that they should not be doing, and it's yeah. it's egregious, yeah. egregious thing. Um, yeah. it's bad for those like you know certain laws. There's most places now. That if it's under two grams of marijuana, two grams of weed, 
you know, they'll let you pass. But at the same time, police officers don't always have a scale <laughs> with them on a traffic stop. So, you know, I'm not going to, on a batch cam, have you having marijuana and me not take you down because if it's over two grams, that's that's my behind, you know. So there's all these things that people don't take because the, the inside uniform, outside uniform, um, these are human beings. Yeah. Race is not racist, you know, hatred not hatred. You know, people don't ever tell the story about black men in uniform because they they have a tremendous weight to bear. And I myself saw so much stuff inside uniform that I should have never experienced, 100%. So I can only account for my walk of life um, and other individuals' walk of life that I've known very dearly. Um, but I've known everybody. I've known individuals in all walks of life. And it just it starts at the top. It always will start at the top. But people so, need to be aware of what police officers can do and what they can't do. Like, everybody was all for the badge cams. I knew where it was going to fall short because I knew police officers that had the discretion, if they knew it's barely any weed in there, they knew just by eyeballing it that it's going to be less than two grams or it's going to be less than, you know, anything you can do with. And they let... Mm-hmm. Let them go and say, hey, man, keep that at the house. Don't even bring that out. If you're going to smoke and, you know, you have purposes for medicinal purposes for using that kind of stuff, don't bring it out the house, you know. Um, yeah. Also, you know, they found it on them, but they may not have been high. And they're looking at them and that their eyes aren't bloodshot. They have no factors of, you know, having smoked it. They can't smell it. You know, there's a lot of different things that go into play that lead you up to believe that somebody is high or somebody is drunk, somebody like that. Um, I think that things should change in regards to field sobriety tests. Um, those are a huge factor um, that comes into play. And now most places will, when you say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm about to blow or whatever, so most places will have a breathalyzer for you, most departments, but there might not be a department that has enough breathalyzers to hand out to every single patrol car. So what do you do in that case? Now you've got to literally arrest somebody, even if they're not, if they're below, say they're blowing, they're .06, they're under the legal limit. You have to waste resources because you don't have enough money to pay for breathalyzers to arrest this person. You've got to impound the car. The DA is going to accept the charges. You've got to take them down. Now you've got to take them to the hospital. You've got to get a blood test. Then you've got to take them to get them processed. So all this stuff. And now what happens when you take them to get the blood test and they're .06? All that was wasted money. You could have been on a different call. What if there was um, something else in progress that was um, more pressing? Um, yeah. a home invasion, a kidnapping, you know, yeah. somebody got shot, um, somebody was, was shooting up in the air in fireworks, and the bullet went in somebody's home and killed them. You know, that's that's where you should have been. Yeah, see, 
from all that what you're what you're saying there, then you you know, as of right now, we have people who wants to actually defund the police, which that right. would just make situations like that even worse. This is Dana Lash, and you're listening to Trend Chat. This is Lacey Williams, the founder and president of Expressions Magazine, letting you know that you can order our quarterly magazine and support female conservatives by visiting express-conservatism.com, or you can follow us on social media, on Instagram with the username of expressions underscore conserve mag, or on Twitter with the handle of at express underscore conserve. Get your copy today. With that regard, there's been several talks in many departments, for them to, what do they call it? They call it, um, they basically call it, and I, and I can't remember the word, but they securitize the jails and the prisons, and um, I'm just showing you this, what will happen. So they, they get security officers, right? Mm-hmm. Prioritize, privatize. They privatize. Oh, oh, privatization. Okay, there you go. That's the word I was thinking about. Okay, so privatization. It's going to be the same thing as defunding. Privatization is taking out uh, uh, different types of law enforcement, not necessarily in patrol, which would be police officers, but these commissioned. Individuals that can go in the prisons, and that's a whole nother debate as to whether people should be allowed to be armed. Uh, most states require that you're unarmed when you walk into a facility like a prison or a jail or an outline jail or something like that, right? So you have to have put your stuff up in lockers, and there's other places where you, you're unarmed when you actually walk in. Um, if we were to uh, privatize the jails and things like that, it would be the same thing as defunding. So you privatize, you're sticking a security guard. Now, as li- Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens. But you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. 
Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-687-0700-833-
when you say there needs to be no police over right now in places like uh, parts of France, parts of Sweden, um, the UK, police officers cannot have guns. Okay. Um, only riot, um, the ERC, like the, the riot individuals, the individuals that respond to riots and large scale. Mm -hmm, exactly. Something like that over there, which they don't have a SWAT per se, but it's, it's, they yeah. call them like riot, uh, riot responders or something like that. The they're the only control. one. Yes. So they're, they're armed. Um, everybody else gets a billy club. Hmm. And their response to certain individuals, I'll give you an example. Over in Sweden, there is a community that is, um, extreme, um, in their beliefs. Uh, they're Muslim in nature and they're all the same. Like they all moved to this one community. So the way that Sweden decided to respond was not to respond at all. So if they call 911, nobody comes. If they call the police, if they call the fire department, something like that, nobody comes because if they come and enter into that community, they will be killed. Mm -hmm. And it's just not. We have to take responsibility, you know. Unfortunately, that is the burden that police officers do have to bear, is they have to, in their community, take responsibility. And that doesn't work. Just saying that there should be no police, okay, well then, let me close my eyes and imagine there's no police. And I wake up and I go to the grocery store, and it's being robbed. But there's no police, so I'm lucky to make it out alive on that one, even though there's dead bodies there in the grocery store that they're pushing aside. Well, so as far so as far as what's been going on right, <clears throat> what's been going on right now, um, mm -hmm. so to call to defund the police or just you know abolish the police, um, mm -hmm. so I've been going back and just trying to hear their position, trying to hear beyond the the slogan and and just because kind of like what I you know before looking into it. I was like, okay, if you want to defund the police, what is what is your solution um, after that? Um, and so what I've been reading so far is um, actually reading it. It doesn't sound like how the slogan sounds. Is um, it's not abolishing the police department altogether. Oh, oh, so what? I mean, so when I'm seeing um, from what they want. It doesn't seem like it's, it's, it's supposed to be abolishing the police, but I found that kind of funny because why are you going to have the motto saying abolish the police, but then when someone asks you what that means, and then it's not about abolishing the police. So I mean, why are you using that slogan? But either way, from what I've read so far from various people, uh, that they want kind of what I mentioned earlier is, which I think will be a better uh, name for it, but they don't go this way but it's like policing reform because when they, when you get into what they mean what they want from when they said defund the police that's all it is it's policing reform it's not about getting rid of the police which i'm like well why don't you change that because what how you're saying it <laughs> sounds totally different than how you what you want <laughs> right well and you know sometimes when people are upset they're not going to say things 
and they're not going to understand, you know, an angry person that's angry. They've had plenty of time to change this by now. No, of course, but there are people asking. They got masks and shirts and everything saying it now at this point. They're not not backing off of it. No, but honestly, there are individuals that, that are asking for us to have a three-step process. Number one, defund the police. Number two, limit the police. And number three, get rid of police. And number four is going to always be de-arm the police because that's going to be the next step. You can't you do have, that. You ought to have that now because there was some. There are some cities already that are um, already limiting what. Um, so it's um, I forget. It's one of the cities where they. Um, I guess you can no longer do a chokehold, um, or you can no longer, uh, have certain restraints or something like that. So they're already, um, putting limits down now. Whether, you know, I don't know whether they were, um, how effective they were already, but in response to all of this has been going on, you're already starting to see that. And also you see in some cities, I think out in LA that there are, um, that they're saying that they're going to uh, reduce the budget by 150 million, or something like. If I remember, out in LA now, <laughs> which is uh, because, crazy. Uh, it's just crazy. LA has the largest number of homeless population. They have syphilis. Okay, we haven't seen syphilis in God knows how long. They have syphilis um, rampant. And it is rampant. So if somebody who has syphilis rapes an individual that does not have syphilis, this is how we get an outbreak. And syphilis will kill you. It's not uh, the same as full-blown AIDS in regards to people thinking like AIDS and tuberculosis and other types of things that are – it's impossible to recover from those types of things. Tuberculosis is something that you won't show signs and symptoms for like 90 days at times. So by the time, how many people can you spread tuberculosis to in 90 days? A lot. (laughs) You know, um, but syphilis is rampant and um, they don't know what to do with the homeless because we have 30 million more people from COVID-19 out of work and we have to take responsibility for everybody. Everybody has to get taken responsibility. Every Every sexual uh, molester, every rapist, every murderer, everybody has to be taken responsibility for. Why? Because this is where things like programs that I'm in 100% support of called Criminon come into play. Um, We All we do is we lock individuals up, and that doesn't cure anything. And then we release them, and then we wonder why. They hurt our family members. You know what I mean? So it's not its not an answer to fully take responsibility. You have to get someone to take responsibility of what they've done. Um, or you don't let them out, you know, or you let them out on probation in a limited area where they have to check in once a week and not like the joke <laughs> that our probation departments are across the country where people fall through the cracks. Um But if I arrest someone, if you arrest someone, and this is 
a huge deterrent um, that a lot of people have to realize that they put themselves in a police officer's shoes. They'll understand the burden that they also have to bear. It's not just they walk around wanting to shoot somebody and kill somebody every day. Um, that's actually that's, the fair. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, um, especially white cops in particular, that's, that's kind of like the narrative that I mentioned in the last episode is that that's the narrative that, um, you know, especially people in the black community are being fed that, that, well, um, that, that also just want to just, you know, wake up in the morning and just want to kill black people. Here's the thing, what people need to realize, uh, a police officer can be racist all day. He's not going to be in the way the country is going right now. He's not going to be that stupid. I don't care if he's racist or not. He's not going to walk outside his door. Let me tell you something. If you're indicted and you're terminated, nine times out of ten in any department you work for, you will lose all of your retirement that the, the department that you work for has contributed to. So they're not going to want to. <laughs> if they've been working there 10, 20, 30 years, they're not going to want to lose that money. They're not going to want to lose it. Do, do they come complacent to where they – feel nonchalant in a lot of areas, 100%. And that is the air of every police officer, every firefighter, every doctor, every nurse, um, everything. When I was in, um, when I was in respiratory, it became political. Why did it become political? Because the head of my department was fighting with the director of nursing, and the director of nursing was like, oh, well, our nurses can just, you know, give treatments, and they can just do this, and they can do that. Then there's no reason to have respiratory therapists. Just get rid of them. No, a lot of people don't realize respiratory therapists are the only individuals in a hospital besides doctors that can intubate, that can put you on a life-saving machine. And if there's a doctor not around, the respiratory therapist is the only other individual in the hospital that can do that. This kind of information in a metaphorical type of comparative is the same thing that's going on with police. Um, individuals, everybody needs to know what a cop can and can't do. Everyone, um, I'm not going to say in generalities, but numerous times someone will say, I know my rights. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, I wish you did. I wish you <laughs> did know your rights because then you would, would honestly pay attention to what's going on. I teach my son. You put your hands out. A, a cop has to see your hands. Have them see your hands. Make sure that if this is this is you know 1960 101, uh, Rodney King 101. So yes, um, there wasn't much that he could have done um, back in that time during Rodney King to not have gone through what he went through, and that kind of stuff should be punishable. Um, by the max, you lose your retirement, you lose your career, you lose everything, you go to jail, you suffer for that because that's you were doing something that broke the law. So I'm in 100% support of that. With that being said, I teach my son, we've gotten pulled over before. I don't move my hands. My hands are on the steering wheel. When that officer comes over to my, my window, I make sure that I'm clear and um, yes or no, sir, I'm going to speak to him with respect, and I'm going to tell him what I'm going to do. 
okay? You want my license. It's in my wallet, in my purse, in the back seat. Do you want me to get it? You know, you want to be clear because you have to understand there are cops that are scary. And they're scary. Why? Because they didn't get enough training. Why? Because it was taken out for political reasons. I'll give you an example. Number one thing ever is that a cop's biggest tool, his best tool, his most important tool is his mouth. If he can know how to communicate, he can be able to get through any situation. Same thing with people that are with police and getting pulled over by police or interacting with police in any regard. So when I get pulled over and when I have been pulled over, I tell my son, keep your hands on the dash, do not move, period. Because you don't know how much training that this police officer has received. When I was in the academy, we have a situation where we in the academy, that you have to fight your supervisor. And, yeah, we have, you know, um, like as if you're in a boxing match or, you know, an amateur type of sparring match or whatever. We have masks that we put on and stuff like that. But you're essentially you're fighting. Um, and you have to fight. So because a police officer had a heart attack during that for a number of years, they got rid of it. And they didn't have it. A police officer has to know how to fight. He can't be scary by any means. You know, it's part of the job. But if you get rid of training, if you get rid of police officers knowing how to fight, if you get rid of more training and more responsibility and more certifications and more requirements that take money and funding, you're going to get individuals that are more scary. You're going to have more incidents. You're going to have more problems. You're going to have individuals that are going to automatically shoot, you know, where they shouldn't have. I, uh, one of my very close friends showed up to a call and it was a block party. Maybe, I don't know, 200, 300 people were there. And, um, he was black American. And, you know, it was a scene where he was the only one there. You know, everybody was, um, I won't curse on your podcast, but everybody was at the police and throwing stuff at him and stuff like that. So he had to go into his car and get a shotgun and start popping off rounds because he had to take control of that scene. A lot of people want to judge, and on the outside looking in, um, maybe 100 out of the 200 or maybe more were armed. So that could have gone really bad really fast. He made a decision. Everybody started running. Um, he was popping off rounds until everybody left. That was his decision, and it worked. Would it have always worked? No. Um, would it have worked if a white police officer did it? I don't know. I don't know if it would have turned into a racial hatred thing. What if the bullets came down and hit somebody? You know, there's all these things that come into play. But you, you make decisions. It's fight or flight. You make decisions 
as a police officer and you hope that you're making the right one, but it's not always the right decision and you have to pay for that. And that's the responsibility that they have to bear. So it's not easy being a police officer, not by any means. Um, yeah, you know, and I think, um, I mean, I, I don't think the the general public takes into account um, all these split second decisions that are made um, and all, and I know every day um, these situations happen and we only hear about one or two that, you know, catches the, you know, national attention and in talking with you, you know, right now and hopefully people will listen to this and maybe we'll get a, a, a bit of a better understanding as far as what has been uh, having the idea as far as what what goes on and give um at least have some have some um some perspective as far as what what law enforcement goes through so politics and other stuff maybe this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe Hey guys, this is Morgan Zegers, the founder and CEO of Young Americans Against Socialism. We are a nonprofit organization working to preserve a free, fair, and prosperous America for generations to come, all by equipping our generation with the truth about socialism. If you are interested in watching our educational videos, donating to the cause, joining the Ask Coalition, or becoming a contributor, you can do all of these things at fightsocialism.org. We hope you'll join us in this crucial fight for the future of our great country. Thanks! Hey, it's Lawrence Jones with Fox News. Check out Trend Chat with my brother, Brian Blesso. I mean, honestly, I, Brian, like, I I can say, um, for me, bringing somebody back to life as a respiratory therapist was one of the most exciting things uh, in any career that I've done. Um, but when I was in law enforcement, I was coming home from work. I worked the night shift. I was coming home from work, 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, and saw a car on fire. I pulled over. A buddy of mine pulled over. We pulled this man from the car. He was in shock because of smoke inhalation, and I literally had to break the window and pull him out of the car because he didn't know what was going on. So things like that police officers do every day that don't get said. There's a lot of good things that happen, and it never gets told. Um, things like, you know, accidents and all kinds of stuff that people do to help um, and they want to help the basis of most individuals and I'm not saying all there's good and bad and ugly and everything with the basis of most individuals that get into law enforcement they do it to help what what happens is is after 10 years they realize they're not helping anyone occasionally they might pull somebody from a burning car occasionally they might be able to do CPR and bring somebody back to life which is the real reason why most individuals become police officers. They want to help. They just want to help. But it becomes something all too different. It becomes political. It becomes race. It becomes something that they never signed up for. But by the time that they realize that it's not going to be what they signed up for, they've already been in it for 10 years, and they're stuck because they have no other careers they can choose to do unless they try to start their own business or something down the line, and that's by the time retirement comes. So I know that's what I did. I wanted to so help. I, I thought it. So it's it just kind of like a, a sense of uh, complacency. 
that kind of sets in after a period of time? Yes. Now, that happens 100% all the time. It does. Now, do and you think you have, so, you have I mean, the, so with that, well, I just, I just want to ask, so with, so, so with that being the case, would, um, I'm like, I'm just thinking about this right off the top of my head now is, um, right. if that's the case, would something like, um, like term limits should be something to be thought of? I think just, that, I, I think that, okay, so, in the Israeli uh, communities, right? And I'm big on metaphors. That's just what I use when history begins to repeat itself. The things that work for other people is what you want to do first. So in the Israeli communities, you'll find that everybody has to do a term in the army. Everybody, man, woman, everybody. When oh, you yes. turn 18, yeah. you serve 100%. Yeah. Everybody does. So that you know what it is to protect your community so that you know it's a requirement. Man, woman, 100%, you're going to serve two years in the Israeli army. I'm not saying that anything could be like that here, but you have individuals that are working 80, 90, 95 hours a week, okay? Can they think on the top of their toes when they're coming home and they have to stop on something that has to get responded to? No, they're not going to. You get clouded. 100% um, insanity has been defined as someone that hasn't slept for 24 hours. You're legally insane, okay? And happens all the time. They manage to uh, control it in the trucking industry with these devices and correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know more than yeah. I do, the devices yeah. where you, you're you allowed to clock in or something like that, where you can start your engine, but you have to have been out of that vehicle for over eight hours or something like that, right? How does that work? Yeah, so, yeah, um, so we can only drive for a maximum 11 hours a day. And so once, once the... Um, once the tires start rolling, uh, the, our day pretty much starts from that from that time, and then mm-hmm. from that moment we we have 14 hours that day um, yes, sir. to to work. So so 11 11 hours to drive and another three hours to work, and Got so and, and that starts as soon as the tires roll. And um, so and there's no way around that. It's um, especially, well, especially in most major carriers. Um, I think most trucks have them now. As a matter of fact, I think they've mandated um, electronic devices in all trucks. I think they have, if I'm not mistaken, this year. So mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so yeah, they uh, they definitely have a very very strict restriction. Right. So that doesn't happen with police department. Police police are 100% in order to maintain their way of life because many police officers live above their means. They have to work a minimum of 80 hours a week in order to sustain that. Maybe the spouse, maybe they're a single parent, maybe the spouse, I mean, there's all different kinds of scenarios in individuals' lives. But there should be a way to maintain 
um, officer safety and maintain that complacency doesn't happen. You make sure that, yeah, there's term. You can only work in a certain department for so many years. Um, and then you have to be trained in other departments. So we have what's called FTO, field training officer. And you have to train on every shift before you go out on patrol. You train on first shift, you train on second shift, you train on third shift. But this is literally a few weeks on each shift, and then you're good to go. You start on your shift. So there's a number of different factors that come into it, but complacency is a contributory factor by the fact that nobody sleeps. Um, And I don't think that, you know, if you can't work a certain shift, I understand because of hardship of being a single parent or something like that, that should be coming into play. But at the same time, if you can't work a second shift, you should be able to do rotations on different shifts. Um, individuals that work in nights, they have what's called no REM sleep. REM is the rapid eye movement that occurs when you sleep at night. And it's the deep sleep. It's the sleep that really heals your body. You know, people can't live without sleep. But what happens to individuals that work on night shift, and I know uh, you'll see these advertisements all the time called uh, called shift, shift disorder or whatever, and they're like, you know, contact your doctor about shift disorder, and we have this medicine, and it's going to save the world. And, you know, I just – the medicines are atrocious to me with the pharmaceutical industry, but – Anyways, um, I guess if that is a thing, I had it because it was rough for me. Um, my partner used to say, hey, girl, you got narcolepsy. <laughs> and I'm like, because I literally could sleep anywhere. You know, um, your body never get, gets really used to working nights. Um, but there should be different tactics that a sergeant or lieutenant or captain has under their belt to be able to utilize to help their officers more than they do. Um, and then the individuals that have something to say and the individuals, the sergeants, the lieutenants that have an idea, they shouldn't get slapped in the face for it, but they do every time because at the top it becomes so political. It's the reason why you have people getting on CNN talking about the president should shut his mouth because everything becomes so political and it shouldn't be like that. It should be human beings helping out human beings. Well, you know, and I do believe that. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I believe that everybody should. Um, Quanell X is a is an activist uh, in the community, and they actually had him. Uh, they had him do police uh, police tactics. Uh, training. It was like uh, an exercise, police exercises. So he went there and he put on a uniform. He put on, now they essentially had paintball guns and he was trained for a few hours on how to clear a building or how to clear a scene or how to do what police do every day. And He was put in the shoes of a police officer. Everybody should receive this training. Every student in school should receive this training. There are law enforcement uh, classes that you can take in school, in high school. And I think everybody should have a semester of it in high school so that they should 
learn more about what law enforcement truly is. Just like I think that there should be more support of um, career-specific type of classes for individuals instead of using, you know, having classes that they'll never use for the rest of their life. So one of those could be law enforcement, that they have to take a semester of it. You know, and but when they put Quanah X in this uh, training simulation, he got shot every time, you know, and he really, I mean, he came out smiling. He was like, man, that really just does give me a different perspective because people need to know what it's like. It's not easy at all. And you make decisions and you hope it's the right one and you go home at night. And the truth of the matter is there might be racist people in the police department all day. But I guarantee you they're not walking out the door trying to find ways of how they could risk their retirement and risk their job to do so. That may be the, the belief that they have when they lay, lay down at night, but that's not what they're coming out and able to do at this point in time. So they know. They know what's going on in the world. They know that they can't get away with that stuff, and it's good. They shouldn't get away with it. But at the same time, because back in the 60s and 70s, they may have gotten away with it. But in this day and time, like defunding the police, getting rid of police, dearming the police, not the answer, not the the route that we need to take 100%. And every single person that can put themselves into uniform and imagine themselves as a police officer and having that responsibility would never, in a clear mind, be able to think with that kind of contact because you will have a snowball effect of a community that will fall apart. You will have increases in people having the law in their own hands. You'll have increases of, if I know a police officer doesn't have a gun, would I run? Probably so. I don't want to get arrested. If I can outrun him, what's he going to do to me? He doesn't have a gun. You know what I mean? So there's these different things that come into play. And, yeah, he can probably ID you down the road, and you could probably get arrested down the road. But there's these different things that come into play, and, like, you really have to think and imagine what this world would be like without any police officers. It would go to hell. We would be living in hell. Well, I hope that, uh, I mean, with everything that has been going on in the past week or so, (laughs) that, uh, that we would have, some sort of, I mean, what, what's been talked about right now, that's, um, you know, like I said, I think the messaging, um, it's kind of, it's kind of off. Some of it could be valid or, or whatnot. And out of all this, we could actually get some police, uh, police and reform of some, of some sort. But I'm glad that yes. people were able to get, you know, people able to, you know, to hear from you. And, um, <laughs> I guess we'll, we're gonna have to go ahead and, and uh, wrap it up for this this time. Hopefully, we have you back on. <laughs> yes, and okay. I do apologize. I can uh, sometimes be a little, little mouthy, especially now that I'm no longer um, in uniform and I'm a citizen just like everyone else. So, uh, you know, I do have ideas that I feel like would help. I do think that there should be prison reform and police reform tremendously in the up and coming time, but it, it starts at the legislative level. So 
I do thank you and appreciate you um, for having me on. And yeah. hopefully you. Yeah, hopefully we have you. Hopefully we have you back on uh, again. You know when uh, gets talk about your book and everything as well. Oh, I know. It would be my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right, and um, so that's the that's the end of this episode. And so, I have no idea what we're gonna be doing next week. But until next time, we'll chat with you later. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market, to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700. 833-687-0700. Guys, as we get older, we all start to notice minor changes in sexual performance. It happens, but you can stop Mother Nature. Whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ED, call Metro Men's Health. Skip the pills and injections. They're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time. Metro Men's Health treats the root cause of ED, lack of blood flow, so it works long-term. Metro Men's Health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today, 833-687-0700, 833-687-0700. Zero seven zero zero.